Primos y primas, and welcome to My Primo's Podcast. My name is Freddy, and with me tonight is my primo and yours. El primo, ¿en qué putas te hablas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Ulises. Ulises. Okay, hoy es Ulises. But the rest of the world, Walter. Hard G on that one, guys. Walter. Thanks for joining us again this week. We're trying to stay consistent with this show, and definitely appreciate you guys that have been reaching out, checking in with us, and really just uh, conversing with us on a, on a weekly basis. We really, really appreciate it, primos. Uh, but we visited Texas Latino Comic Con yesterday. I really had a great time. Appreciate all the artists, all the creators that lent themselves to spend some time with us, talk with us. And today's episode is going to be just a, a mashup of a few interviews I got to do with a lot of the creators, uh, you know, and just kind of a friends of the show, you know, definitely appreciate them lending their time. And Walter, what was your impression of, of this year's convention? Uh, like last year, second time this year, I hope to be a, I don't know, hope it turns into a thing and I'm going to continue attending. Um, but like last year I was very impressed by it because, you know, first time I ever that, you know, was exposed to this world of, you know, Latino artists, comic books and all types of, you know, pro, I don't know, art and product. Um, but this year, yeah, just excited to go again and, you know, help it grow hopefully and turn into a thing, you know, like, um, and then you, and then this time I got to meet some other artists, uh, yeah. some of, some of the ones from last year were there, but then we also met a few more. Uh, so that was pretty good. Oh yeah, definitely. And like the family's growing, right? Like the fact that it's 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 continuing is great. It, it's kind of a good sign for it. And you know, I talked with Hector a little bit about it, and you'll hear a little bit of that on on the show today. Where you know, hey, there's opportunity to make this a bigger thing, uh, but como dicen, pasito pasito, right? And yep. make sure it's the appropriate size for everybody, because we still want to make it accessible. We still want to make everybody be able to touch base with it. You know, my son enjoyed visiting, talking to people. My wife loved it. You know, and it's not just comic book I guys. I mean, I think my Lucy just shopped. <laughs> she just shopped. She just shopped. But the thing mm-hmm. is, like, it's not just comic books. You know, it's it's stickers, it's shirts, it's culture, it's zines. You know, zines are still a thing, Walter. Yeah. You know, and like, there's a lot going on beyond just um, comic books and Comic Con. This is, I think, it can eventually become something more. Like, a, like, a, like a, the name could stay the same, but the content. The, the the people we have there is gonna change and change you know who knows maybe one maybe we have a booth one year and and <laughs> give a, a panel wink wink about oh, podcasting cebaderas and I don't know sell jocotes and mangos I don't know the cebada and jocote podcast man hey, that could be your um, your ASMR show yeah yeah it'll be an Ooh, ASMR show ASMR yeah. cebada and jocotes with yeah. Walter yeah but, um, but yeah I enjoyed it a lot and we did the kickback con <laughs> afterwards <laughs> oh yeah after dark con yeah uh, it was fun they really appreciate uh hector and both hectors uh, hector Cantu and hector rodriguez inviting us over and just meeting with all the creators and, and kind of really welcoming us uh again we definitely enjoyed you know our time at latino comic con you know but we're two grown-ass men you know running around there i at least am reliving my childhood cuando no podía comprar yo esas cosas or go to a convention right but uh, I think I mean, uh, where would you buy them anyways? Like, you know, like where would you access any of this stuff? Uh, I mean, at least me growing up, I didn't, you know, like where. 
True, true. I mean, yeah, I mean, in Bessin Cuando, I would find places in the neighborhood that had like comic book shops or like a bookstore, like Only, Walden Books. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I remember no, Walden no, Books or I the never, mall. That's the thing too that I never went to any of that growing up. Like the only the only other thing I ever remember was fucking TV Noelas magazine, you know, at every store, and then the only other. I guess comic book that I can that can, I can imagine that I remember was those like dirty story ones, the little the little booklets, the little like nudie a, ones. Yeah, that yeah. was about like some I don't know erotic, not yeah. erotic, all right. <laughs> I mean, but it was something like it. Yeah, it was just like dirty men trying to have sex with the uh, younger women. It looks like so. Yeah, that's all I remember. So I don't know what where you would I would even I'm trying to think about where would I would be able to access comic books to be honest it was up. it was difficult because you couldn't really get your hands on them you know and uh, we talked a lot about that kind of with the uh some people at you know we had a little bit of an after party yeah uh, at the texas latino comic con which we definitely appreciate that we were able to visit como dices you know like why were we doing there you know what i mean yeah. in a way like yeah. kick it you know kick it uh, it was great we had a great time with everybody there shout out to everybody at the after party uh but we talked about that, like, you know, someone mentioned, like, hey, uh, I got my first comic book at HEB, which is like a grocery store here in the South. Mm-hmm. So that's something to really kind of consider. South Texas. South, South Texas. Yeah. Uh, but that's true. Like, you know, the accessibility of it is better now, thankfully. You know, there's digital, online, bookstores are everywhere. Online is the biggest thing for me because I can order stuff. Or cons like this were great. It's accessible. You have it right then and there, and it's free shipping. Because you're right yeah, there. Right. You know? was saying. Uh, exactly. Well, but, uh, you know, I figured I have a son. He's, you know, you guys know, he's he's nine years old. And he was super excited about going to Texas Latino Comic Con. Uh, you know, he was a big uh, Pollo Man fan. But I wanted to ask him a couple questions, you know. So that's like the target, right? The demographic. That's yeah. who this is being geared towards. Yeah, there's guys like me and you, or me more mostly, that will go and buy and seek it out and mm-hmm. look and all that. But really, it comes down to the kids, you know, the younger readers that are your fan base that will build up and become the next me or the next creators or the next what have you. Lifetime so, consumers or creators, yeah. Yeah, so I want to have my son for the first time, you know, uh, introduce himself. Hello, daddy. <laughs> no, 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 don't believe the hype. Don't believe the hype. But this is my son, James, Jimmy. Uh, say hi to everybody. Hello. Okay. Now, uh... Primos and primas is my son, and but tengas miedo de mí. It's like he's, he's slowly like he's like gun- going back on the microphone, he's leaning back on the microphone. It's okay, Jimmy. <laughs> no, but I guess the question to you is, uh, how did you feel first of all going to? This is your second time going. Yes. To Texas Latino Comic Con. You're a little older now. What would you say was your experience this time? What did you like about it? Everything. Tell me, like, what are things that you enjoyed? I did see this one booth that had like some drawings that they were pretty neat drawings yeah i even saw one that i thought no one would draw like what being puppy cat being puppy cat so yeah i don't even know what that is <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> see no no one knows it so you get to see obscure stuff you were surprised yes. right yes, i was very surprised at some stuff i saw there yeah how did you how did you like the fact that they were the artists were right there you can talk to them and see them how did that feel feel it felt great. Yeah, why? Because um, Boyo Man kind of taught me like sketching and all that, and it was kind of neat to have them talk to us and teach us some things. And yeah. 
Cool. Well, how do you like, you know, this is a Texas Latino Comic Con. You know, you know, you have the big Comic Con on you see on TV and on the internet. But how do you like the idea of a Latino focused convention where creators are like you? They're Latino and they're making content and things and books about your culture and just growing up here as a Latino. How did that, how does that, how does that sound to you? What do you think uh, is the good thing about having a Latino convention like that? That, that, other places, like at normal Comic-Con, it's like famous people, white people, stuff like that. But at Latino Comic-Con, there's Latinos. They talk about their culture. They talk about their stories, their books, their art. So it's good to have a Latino Comic-Con. Yeah. So with you going to this Comic-Con and having a good experience, what would you tell your friends about these comic books would you tell them at school about it would you talk about it like yeah, what would I'd, you do i kind of ask them if they heard about it went to it if they know any of these comics i want to see if they like know some of these artists spreading the word right yeah, sort of like, you become the cool kid you become because now remember it was <laughs> you were the nerd right that yeah. knew about comics but now you're the cool kid yeah that's cool oh jimmy thank you papa appreciate it do you want to say anything to anybody all the people from the latino comic-con listen to this show they do? is there anything you want to tell them i hope they do <laughs> right, definitely please listen subscribe like share anything you want to say oh yeah just no. shout out to them yeah. if you want thank you for teaching me about your art your cult your culture teaching me how to sketch and all that i hope i i'm looking forward to coming to next year's Latino Comic Con. Thank you. All right, Papa. Go play. Go play Overwatch. There you go. <laughs> All right. Bye. Primos, yeah, follow along. You know, make sure that you keep up with us as well. Again, all social media at My Primos Podcast. Uh, we want you to just keep supporting, you know, our creators, our content, our culture. And, you know, as always, guys, take care and enjoy the show. Imagine this is just one day. Imagine this ends up being two day thing or something. You're gonna lose your mind. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, we've had that conversation and we have been given that opportunity. But uh, like, I mean, this is where David Dow, he and you know, play him. Yeah. I trust him on not growing too fast. Yeah, because you can't. You, can you handle it? You know, or no. getting too big where is it necessary? Yeah. No. Exactly. You know, and this is this is great. You know, because it's just one day. You know, we're, we're able to, within uh, us, we're able to um, coordinate, communicate, collaborate, and it, it's manageable. Yeah. Even though there's been a lot of, you know, I don't want to say pressures, but conversations from, like, hey, you know, you can do this two, two days, roll it out. Uh, but, you know, hey, uh, I, I, I say never say never when it sure. comes, you know, I'm, I'm always hoping for op the opportunities uh, for expansion. But uh, it's about doing it smart. Yeah, I mean, because I, I feel though, the accessibility, if it got too big, it wouldn't be as accessible, right? Right, exactly. Yes, it, and being free is a huge component. You know, it's tearing down that that wall, you know, because, I mean, there, there's another convention going down in Arlington right now. It's about 25 a ticket, and it's a whole weekend thing, and then you have different, like 50, 60 bucks. I'm like, really? Yeah. You know, one of the big things as a creator that I had was that I, a lot of the raza, you know, wanted to come in 
check out a Quest of Hero at the, the big conventions, yeah. they had to pay like an arm, an arm and leg to get in. Yeah, because even like Fan Expo is catering to the fans, but it still costs something to exactly. get out there. Exactly. Yeah? I mean, and for a lot of families, that's a way to go for groceries. Yeah. And so one of the great things that Texas Latino Comic Con does, it just breaks that wall uh, and it becomes accessible for everybody, yeah. regardless of social economic status. Yeah. That's what we're saying. No, I mean, I'm, I, I love the show. That's why I like coming here. And I thank you for taking the time right now. I know you're busy. But I want to just to kind of praise you and the team. No, you know, gracias. Thanks for, for the support. Everything you, do you, know, it you guys always been a big component. No, man. We want to put the word out there as much as possible. I'm going to go walk, walk around, talk to more people, but uh, try to hook up with everybody. I think there's an after party. I don't know if I can get an invite, no, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. they're telling me, like, yeah, we can meet at the party. And I go, yeah, what yeah, party? Yeah. What party? Yeah, but yeah. congratulations, man. Sí, gracias. Thank Take you. care, brother. I'll let you work. Sí, eh? Take Thank care, you. man. But to start off, you know, we're here with uh, Five Meets. Uh, we're here at Texas Latino Comic Con. Uh, we want to just kind of ask you guys, how's the show been for you guys? Uh, what's the experience like with being so close to people here and what the third annual Latino convention like this means? And just kind of tell us where we can find you as well. Uh, are we live? Are we? Is this, is this live? Wait, hold on. Let me put my shirt back on. Hold on. Put it on. Put it on. It's a PG show. All right. Uh, no, yeah, uh, the the event's been really great, man. Um, you know, obviously, you know, our Latino people are here to to see the work of other great Latino artists, and uh, they're here for it, man. Just the uh, the fact that it's the third annual Texas Latino Comic Con says a lot. Um, you know, we had a great turnout, so you know they're gonna come back next year. Um, but yeah, people really love the work. They like seeing um, the culture represented, um, just in in the many different ways that it is from. You know the the prints that we sell, or the comic books that we have, or you know just the jewelry. You know any anything else that that um, that the folks have here. It's just they're very accepting and they they're ready um, to continue to see this kind of artwork. But it's been a super awesome event so far. Oh, that's dope to hear. I mean, I see some of the work here. I really takes a twist on pop culture, and mixing it with Latino culture. You know, like one of your prints I'm looking at is Ninja Turtles, and Luchador mask on it. You know, like kind of touch on that a little bit. Well, uh, part of it is growing up not having a lot of representation. So uh, our comics are original uh, original works, but our art prints is more like um, uh, reverse cultural appropriation. Where like, what if all this? What if we had proper representation in the 80s and the 70s and the ni- even the 90s? Uh, what would things look like? Things might look a little differently nowadays. So that's, it's kind of like that's the the thesis behind uh, our mashup art prints. And your original work, you know, I see some of it online as well. I've read some of it, and like I dig the like, the art style. It kind of it's a it has like a rawness to it. Like there's a lot of like people looking at it. Go, it's really crude, but it's crude on purpose. Can you maybe elaborate a little bit? Yeah, crude is funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of my stuff is very angular, but it, uh, it, I do have a solid anatomy skeleton underneath all my characters. Uh, I like to. Um, Art is, uh, I forget who said it, but it was one of the Image Comics guys. Uh, style is not what you do right. Style is what you do wrong. Ooh, so okay. you, you have to get a very good base of uh, uh, anatomy and structure of the basics of art before you can start stripping that away into what you are comfortable drawing. And that's uh, the what, that's what's behind my style. Awesome. And thank you for making time right now. I think we're definitely going to meet up later on yeah, yeah. and do something a little longer. Thanks yeah. again man, for making the time, brother. And we'll catch up with you later. Right on. Thank you again. So I'm here at Latino Comic Con, uh, third year, uh, Texas Latino Comic Con. And uh, what's your name and uh, what kind of work do you do? Uh, my name is Emanuel Valtierra. I normally focus on uh, Aztec Codex style. And um, yeah, I mean, I just take uh, whatever. Um, 
images from Aztec history you see uh, all over the world and then I just play with them, uh, combine them with pop art or two books, uh, illustrations and stuff like that, playing cards too. Uh, you know, I see some of your work here, and I know that you have, uh, for example, I'm looking at something now that takes a lot of pop culture. You know, I think I see like Pokemon, like Smash Brothers, but in the Codex style. Uh, I know you have a full book here that last time we spoke, you mentioned there was like a what if, right? A what if. Can you kind of elaborate on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the book talks is, is yeah, it's, it's a what if book. It's an alternative history. It's a what would happen if the Aztecs won the war against the Spanish? And uh, the, the whole book is told with uh, Aztec um, uh, codex um, glyphs. And uh, it starts with historical facts, but then at some point it just takes a completely uh, different direction from it. And that's where the, the alternative history starts, right? The whole book is printed as a real codex, so it's like an accordion that you can unfold. I don't really remember how long it is, but it's long. <laughs> and uh, if you flip it over, you can actually read the book. It's like a regular book. And um, yeah, it comes with a beautiful case, um, designed all by me, it's written by uh, uh, Oscar Ramirez, and uh, he actually has a podcast too, and um, he, well, I don't remember the name of the podcast, uh, but he writes for Matador, which is like a, a website in Mexico, he's really good, he writes a lot about Aztecs and Mayans, so yeah, he's the one who helped me uh, writing the book, I will give him the plot, and he will write about it, really cool guy. What when you said alternative history, like what would be something you can give away? I know we don't want to give away anything in the story per se, but what's something that me of interest saying what would have happened? What's one thing that we could look and go, wow, that's something I didn't expect would have happened? Well, I I don't know if, if I want to say like nobody will expect this because it's uh, kind of obvious. Like once the Spanish lost the war against the, the Aztecs, I mean, guess who came? The English ones. I mean, they wanted to take over the world like always. I mean, they invite, uh, invaded uh, how many countries? like 40 something uh, so yeah they tried and of course uh, the Aztecs they, they got to travel all around the world because uh, they won the war so uh, they met with the Chinese with the Japanese learn more about the cultures all that uh, learn about uh, their guts so they kind of realize uh, because they weren't uh, forced to uh, follow the uh, Christianism they kind of teach everyone else all around the world like hey we, ha we are a different culture uh, we have our own gods so everyone kind of gets that it's, uh, no religion is the real one. I mean, you know what I'm trying yeah, to say? It's just yeah, it's not one standard. Exactly, it's not exactly. Because that's the way we see him. Uh, we see it because, uh, I mean, that's what we were told to believe. Yeah. Wow, well, thank you so much. Uh, where can someone find, find your work? Do you have an Instagram or a Facebook, somewhere where can find your information? Yeah, yeah, everything is the same. My website, my Facebook, and my Instagram is Emmanuel or Emmanuel with double M, Valtierra with VS Vegas, Illustrator. And .com or on uh, Facebook or uh, Instagram. It's all the same name. Danita, like, I, I follow you online, you know, here with Primo's podcast, and we're here with Danita, artbydianita.com. Oaxaca. No, Walter's with me here. What's up? <laughs> Walter's más callado, pues, pero uh, so I wanted to talk with you because I do follow your work, sí, sigo tu, tu trabajo, todo tu arte, y sé que has viajado bastante también con tu trabajo, y uh, poquito, pero veo que no mucho, pues se ve que has viajado, uh, you know, tu, tu trabajo solamente es como más de fantasía alta, ¿no? Y uh, no se ve eso mucho, lo que es en el lado latino, especialmente mujeres, uh, ¿puedes hablar un poquito sobre eso y qué te inspiró y por qué decidiste seguir ese camino? Ok, uh, bueno. Todo esto como que empezó en 2015, más que nada porque me gustó mucho eh, unos libros de Julie Bell y Boris Vallejo. Okay. 
y de ahí como que me, me dio un poquito de curiosidad y empecé a, a como que a enfocarme mucho en arte de fantasía que como tú dices no hay mucha gente que lo trabaje en México tal cual y pues entre esa inspiración externa y la gente que me inspira en mi vida diaria quise hacer como que mi propia mi propia versión entonces estoy empezando a trabajar mucho historias donde hay chicas eh, fuertes que encuentran su fuerza y empezando a explorar un poquito más de, más allá de lo visual sino que ya que va un poquito más hacia el storytelling y tiene como uh, hablando sobre eso como una una historia sobre él, como decir, no nomás, oh, qué, qué raro, qué curioso, ¿no? Pero tener como un mensaje atrás de él. Sí, 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 casi todas mis piezas, tengo que ponerles un poquito de texto atrás porque no se lo he hecho, pero sí, casi todas tienen una inspiración atrás, ya sea un fanart muy gracioso al que le meto cosas culturales o simplemente un caballo que representa algo para mí más eh, filosófico sí. o heroínas o personas así que están tranquilas pero que tienen una, un backstory como que más inspirador que, que ellas pueden encontrar como te decía yo como su fuerza interior como que cubren retos que no son tan vistosos como normalmente estamos acostumbrados sí, sí, es algo más normal como nuestro día a día no para sí. no olvidarnos que también nosotros que no tenemos una vida super heroica también podemos ser así como que héroes día a día con, con un pequeñas acciones que afectan tú qué tipo de uh, uh, gente qué te ha respondido la gente en las convenciones que has visitado que llevas tu arte uh, cómo lo miran cómo se uh, han conectado con el trabajo tuyo son reacciones muy bonitas, les encanta, o sea, cuando son cositas que tienen parte de la cultura mexicana, como que les trae nostalgia, cuando son cosas de fantasía, les platico las historias y se conectan bastante o, o que dicen, bueno, yo quisiera contarle esta historia a mis hijos y, y así, o sea, como que es encontrar, que encuentran esa inspiración o esa vocecita que, que a lo mejor aquí encuentran como que un, como que un canal para visualizarlas, ¿no? O algo así. Sí. Veo mucho trabajo, por ejemplo, aquí el primo compró su, su imagen aquí de esta como no, ¿qué le llamarías tú? No es, ella no es muñequita ¿no? ella sí. ¿qué, qué, este, qué, ¿cómo le llamas a este tipo este específico arte? como este piece what is it called? Like, bueno, uh, es, es como si fueran los chibis en anime pero oh, como okay. que en mi estilo okay. porque no es una niña niña tal cual no es realista pero son como que un retratito, se supone que es un fan arte, sí. una pieza de videojuegos, ¿no? Sí. Es así como que, bueno, si ella no tenía una infancia en México, vamos a darle una infancia en México, ¿no? Entonces, como que juntar un poquito el estilo caricatura con mi estilo que es un poquito más hacia cosas más elaboradas y ponerle un trasfondo cultural que ya sería conectarla con la cultura donde se supone que ella, de la que se supone que ella proviene, ¿no? No, porque sí me encanta cuando veo las imágenes como, por ejemplo, ese Piscines eh, ahí, eh, como tú dices, es como te invita, bien fácil invitarte a, a verlo visualmente, los colores, tiene tipo, hasta el pelo lo tiene como Maldero Pony, me, me recono, a mí me acuerda de eso un poquito, ¿no? Colorido, eh, pero es hermoso el trabajo y, y ¿qué, ¿qué ves tú aquí en el tipo de trabajo que haces tú? ¿Te sientes que está creciendo más y más en el lado femenino o todavía sigue igual? No, sí, esto, esto está, se supone que estoy tratando de llevarlo al lado femenino, ¿Por qué? Pues ahora sí que representación mía es siendo mujer o, o gente que se identifique como mujeres. Sí. Entonces, es el lado delicado y es el lado de paz que todos tratamos de tener en algún punto. Mucha gente me dice así como que qué bonito es ver 
arte, que, que no es violento, que no es así, pero que te invita como que a reflexionar, te invita como que a tener un poco de tranquilidad, de buscar esa paz, etcétera, y sentirte tranquilo, ¿no? Entonces, todo eso, a pesar de que me quedo así de, igual y tendría yo que hacer cosas más, <risa> más fuertes, ¿no? Pero la gente me dice así como que, no, ¿sabes qué? Me identifico con esto, y es bonito, porque yo también me identifico con esto, esto es así como que poquito a poquito le estoy poniendo de lo mío, y es es muy difícil ponerlo, poner lo que a ti te importa enfrente de la gente. Porque la gente siempre tiene una crítica, ¿no? Sí. Siempre va a criticar, siempre va a tener su propio, como decir, conexión con ella o inter interpretación, como different interpretation of it. Sí. Eh, pero, Anita, te agradezco mucho tu tiempo y la gente puede visitar aquí a Dianita underscore art. Yes. Eso es en todo, nomás en Instagram, en Facebook, en Twitter. Twitter e Instagram es... Besos. Ok, ok. Guión bajo, so at, at Dianita guión bajo art. Sí. And at Dianita underscore art. And art by Dianita.com. Muchas gracias, te agradezco tu tiempo. Muchas, muchas gracias. Me encanta el trabajo. Y, and uh, I'm here at Texas Latino Comic Con. I'm with Cristo Gonzalez. And we're talking right here about Schizo, the 1920s killer bear. Tell me a little bit about your work, what this is about, and just kind of your experience today. Yeah. So uh, my name is Crystal, and yeah, Schizo the Bear is a throwback to old 1920s cartoons. Back in the day, those cartoons were uncensored. They were not meant for kids; they were meant for adults. And so uh, they were very, vi you know, violent. Sometimes, you know, risque. Yeah. And so the, the the idea with Schizo is that his cartoons were so risque, even in the 1920s and 30s, they were violently crazy that they had to destroy and burn all his cartoons and erase them from history, thus sending him into the underworld, where he now resides in my comic book, which is about the underworld. But the 1920s kind of aspect to him uh, is, you know, like, again, a, it's a throwback to Popeye, Felix the Cat, yeah. Betty Boop. And I'm an animator, so I make cartoons of him on YouTube. There are about 10 episodes of him right now. And the way that I draw them is really gritty and meant to look like a piece of his cartoons that got burned from history. Like uh, lost footage, kind Almost of. Almost like lost footage, exactly. Okay, yeah. So as you watch the cartoons, you get to see some of Schizo's cartoons, but then they start to degrade and start to show you why they were burned in the first place. And then you realize, oh my gosh, he's really scary. Oh, I, that's dope. That's really cool. What's the YouTube channel? Um, it's comic, spelled C-O-M-I-C-K, but you could also just type in Schizo the Bear on YouTube, and it's the first thing that pops out. Cool, yeah. This is really, really cool. Remember that Beetlejuice cartoon? It has the vibes of the Beetlejuice cartoon. Beetlejuice. Okay, well, so 90s cartoons are like my bread and butter. I loved Rocco's Modern Life. I loved Tales from the Crypt. Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, and definitely, I mean, Beetlejuice. Yeah, I, I could, could I could see some Beetlejuice in this. Maybe maybe not as kid friendly as Beetlejuice. <laughs> like if like is this as messed up as um what's his name that dog from Cartoon Network, the dog that kills a murdering dog, uh, Pickles. Oh, from uh you know I haven't actually watched it. I know it's on Adult Swim. He's yeah I don't know if it's that well I don't know I mean it does have to do with the underworld and it is pretty scary there's lots of creatures and demons and things. but is it more campy though uh, as far as like comical is it more horror based like what are you leaning towards I guess it would be horror adventure black comedy because there's a lot of things in there that are funny and meant to be taken lightly gotcha. but at the same time there is an aspect of horror to it where you know you'll be reading it and going Oh my God! This guy got, has to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Pardon my language if this is a podcast. Um, but he needs. <laughs> okay, uh, he needs to get the hell out of here, or you know, this thing is definitely going to murder him. You know, there's no like, 
PG in it, but at the same time, it's not like um, it's not it's not something you're gonna be like disgusted against. It's more fun. Like I I understand like the for example you're basing this print on Totoro. Like it's like oh that's it's cool. Like it's it's cool. It has its dark element, but at the same time like the underlying nature of the comic book actually has social commentary like aspects to it. The uh, the first book is actually about a giant pig demon who's addicted to Starbucks coffee and his name is Gluttony. Nice. And then the second book is uh, about a Hello Kitty Mickey Mouse demon that is the creature of mass consumerism. And so like, you know, you can see that there's social commentary aspects happening in it. But it's but it's also supposed to be kind of funny because there's like little evil chickens that run around in this underworld. And but it's more like if you if you if you're aware of kind of like you know what's yeah. going on with consumerism, be it what have you, that this will kind of hit hit the mark, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a tongue-in-cheek kind of you know uh, aspect to it. The third book, which unfortunately I'm sold out of right now, is uh, like the creature of the internet, and it's like a it's like a big voluptuous woman with a plug for a head and she actually like sucks the life out of you just like the internet does yeah uh what's your experience been like here at this latino comic con with the the crowds the people looking at your work maybe for the first time yeah you know i've been really happy with the feedback that i've been getting it's just it's just been nothing but positive feedback so that's always great you know i mean occasionally get that one person that's like and then they'd run away with a puff of dust you know but then you know you get a lot of people that are like wow this is new this is fresh it's engaging and um, and I'm from San Francisco so I usually do a lot of West Coast you know comic cons and this is the first time I've gotten to actually be in Dallas Texas um, oh, that's cool I'm glad the Dallas crowd treated you well and are attending to your work uh, no I'm glad I mean I'm gonna follow you online I mean what's your uh, you know Instagram if can find you online just um, so on Instagram it's comic pro spelled c-o-m-i-c-k-p-r-o and uh, and if you type in like you know fibble in the dark, schizo the bear, Crystal Gonzalez, you know, like any of that, any of those keywords, you're yeah. gonna find me. <laughs> no, no, and we'll post stuff on our on our site and our, our stuff here. So thank you for taking the time, Chris. I really appreciate it. Really like your stuff. Well, primos, thanks for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed it. I know it's shorter than the usual hour-long podcast, but we had a lot of fun. It really is more of a mashup of of quick conversations. You know, conventions are hard to really uh, kind of corner someone and to give you time. But I tried to give you kind of little snippets of a lot of creators and artists. I really want to thank everybody that participated and helped out with the show, uh, you know, with giving us a little bit of their time. Uh, I do want to thank, uh, of course, Hector uh, uh, Rodriguez, creator of El Peso Hero, for giving us a little bit. Uh, of a sneak peek you know he's running around behind the scenes doing stuff so i apologize for the audio uh but thank you for sharing a little bit of a behind the scenes and of what goes on with texas latino comic con and where the message really focuses on family and accessibility uh then then we uh visited with uh, two guys from five meets uh oscar and rolando uh, the creators uh, you should definitely check out their work it's awesome it's at five meets just look it up online uh, then we actually got to speak with Emmanuel, uh, creator of his own like What If uh, Codex comic, which is really good. Uh, of course, we ended with Yanita and her five fantasy art. And again, thank you, Yanita, for your time. And then finally with Crystal Gonzalez and talking about her kind of like dark, kind of campy, uh, horror kind of, I love it, comics, you know, and animation, which is really, really good. She animates everything herself as well. So check out Schizo the Killer Bear. Well, thank you, primos, for listening to the show. 
Uh, follow up with us here online, of course, like we always mention it. You know, we're a community, we're family, we're primo. Trying to represent in everything we do. Uh, just follow along with us on next week's episode as well. And uh, we'll see you next time. Adios.